It's time for school days. Help for moms and dads with school-age kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. We can get free college degrees based on all of the opportunities that are out here and available to our students. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids. But I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allowing them to experience adversity. Yeah. Here's your host, Danita Bailey. Well, welcome to School Days. I'm Danita Bailey. Parent involvement in education is crucial. Students with involved parents have higher grades, better attendance, better social skills, and behavior. Parental involvement begins by fostering a good relationship with your child's school, but there are factors that can keep parents from doing that, including a host of issues like language barriers, time constraints, and just straight up fear. Yep. Some of us parents have fear of school too, but despite the barriers, there are so many benefits. And we caught up with a mom of two named Angela at Hawaiian Falls in Manfield. Here's what she had to say. I learned pretty early on with my kids that it was uh, very important to foster a relationship with their teachers. Um, one great way I did this was volunteering for the various things that they would have at their school, whether it be room mom or different things with the PTA. It was just a really great way for us to um, connect and have a partnership. I felt like that that kept the lines of communication open between us, and I was really able to get to know their teachers on a personal level. And not only did the kids love having me up at their school, but I, I really felt like I knew their teachers by the end of the year. I think this really helped my kids that both kind of struggle um, with some different learning disabilities uh, because we were able to better come up with great plans uh, for my children and their education. So our show is actually born out of David's and my need to figure out how to navigate the school system. Both of our boys over the years have had challenges that require services or accommodations at school. And uh, working with the school in the early years was earlier for us because we had younger kids. But um, as things, as they've gotten older, things have definitely become more complicated. And as they've uh, have more multiple teachers and um, at a time and they've struggled with their grades or behavior or bullying, it's just become more difficult. So, you know, David's been teaching for 10 years. And even though we were both in education, we still struggle. And um, we've not always known how to who to reach out with, reach out to, and who were the people that we needed to speak to when we had issues. So on today's show, we're going to discuss ways to foster a good relationship with your child's school and develop a partnership with the shared goal of helping your child thrive. So before we go any further, let me just say it does take a village. If you hear a great parenting tip or nugget of advice, share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it, tweet it, link it in, and add the hashtag School Days Show or hashtag I Am School Days. And we do want you guys to be a part of the show. So if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 214-431-5062. So our guest today is Andre Field. She's actually been on the show before. And uh, Andre is a native of the state of Louisiana and is employed by the Duncanville Independent School District, where she currently serves as assist assistant superintendent of operations. Ms. Fields holds a Bachelor of Science degree from Louisiana Tech University and a Master's of Educational Leadership from Stephen F. 
Austin State University. This school marks her 40th, that's amazing, year of service to public education. Prior to making her transition to the DFW area, she was employed with Longview Independent School District, where she served as the deputy deputy superintendent. During her tenure in Longview, Ms. Fields served as a teacher, assistant principal, principal supervisor, director, and assistant superintendent. Her favorite job assignment was that of principal. Ms. Fields is married to Reverend Albert Fields and is the mother of seven adult children and seven darling <laughs> granddaughters. She's the active member of Antioch Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church in Dallas. So welcome back to the show. You are one of our first guests. Well, thank you very much, Danita, and I'm excited to be back. Um, that says a lot. I'm really, uh, really humbled by the, the opportunity to come back again and spend time with school days. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about being here. Yeah, we had a great time with you. So actually, before you even left the studio the first time, we said, okay, so when can, when can you get you back? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And what better timing, of course, is mm-hmm. we're kicking off the 2019-2020 school year. I can't believe I'm saying 2020, know, and it's right? not a TV show. Uh, but <laughs> Like a sci-fi exactly, TV show? Exactly. <laughs> I cannot believe that, but uh, we're kicking off the 1920 school year, and mm-hmm. so this is a great time for uh, educators and a lot of excitement and energy in the air with parents and of course our students are looking forward to returning back to school some of which uh, return back I think even on this week yeah David starts today awesome mm-hmm. nobody's looking forward to this more than the parents <laughs> I can relate to that <laughs> all right well let's jump right in yes so why is it important to foster a relationship with the school? I think I'm going to just segue on some of the opening remarks that you mm. made, Danita. Of course, we know that, first of all, parents are the, their child's first teachers. Yeah. And so education begins really at home. And so with that, we know that parents are an integral part of the success of their child uh, in the academic realm, in the um, extracurricular realm in the social emotional realm and so we know that parents are so critical to success of students one uh, we know research says that uh, the more involved parents are with their um, child and it could not not necessarily always be a parent it could be uh, some other significant adult who is mm-hmm. there understanding perhaps even in the place of the parent but since we're talking about parents today we'll, we'll focus on them uh, the students uh, typically are more successful in school they have more buy-in they have higher attendance uh, their grades are better uh, they're more socially and emotionally adjusted to school and so having those partnerships uh, not just for the grade sake, but really for the whole child. As I talked about when I was here before, we want a well-rounded whole child approach when we involve parents in parental involvement. So it's really key and critical to, to a child's success. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of the barriers that schools face in getting parents to be involved? Well, I'll, I'll speak from the school side, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, uh, because I've been doing this for a very long time, as you, you shared. Our, our society, our world has changed over mm-hmm. the last several decades. Mm-hmm. Um, we are more information rich and many times not as relationally uh, 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 astute as we were because we're wanting things very quickly, very instantly. And taking the time to sit down and talk, sometimes people will tell us, I don't have time to do that. And so Mm -hmm. schools are cognizant of the fact that parents are working 
And even if they are not working, um, we value that because sometimes stay-at-home moms have their hands full, stay-at-home dads have their hands full, or they don't have the transportation, the access to get to the school. And these are real things in the uh, the society in which we live now and the school families and communities. There were days when schools were community schools and people were able to walk. Right. Now your zone may be several miles away. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes a barrier is just that, just the logistics of getting there. Secondly, some of the other things are, as you shared so poignantly to, at the onset, is that people just have a fear mm-hmm. of coming to the school. Um, perhaps they had a very bad experience and I've seen this up close and personal where when they were in school Mm -hmm. they had uh, a situation it was either and it could be one interaction Mm -hmm. with one adult who perhaps made them feel a certain way about school and from that time they've carried that that the school is not really they really don't want us there or Mm -hmm. there are some reasons why uh, they're trying to keep us away and so those People sometimes come with some preconceived notions about what school is, and so it takes time for us to break down some of the barriers, hence what I talked about, the relational piece. Uh, other things, just, again, time, the logistics. Um, then sometimes people really just feel like we're sending them to you. You're the experts, so that's what you do. And when I was a school principal, uh, particularly when I was an assistant principal, even at the high school levels, because I've been on all levels, I've taught or either worked in all levels in public school, uh, parents would say, we'd call, we need you, and they'd say, hey, y'all figure it out. You handle it. And abdicating themselves of the parental role in what we can do to support the child. And so when we would reach out, many times they would say, between the hours of 7.30 and 4.30, they're your problem. problem. (laughs) You call whoever you need to call or they wouldn't answer the phone. And then think about the economics of some of this. Uh, We have to be cognizant and sensitive of the fact that uh, many times parents uh, feel, you know, they struggle uh, when it comes to um, being as involved because they don't think they have the funds to do it. But there are so many other options. Uh, as I think I kind of talked a little bit about this when I was here before, we don't have to have you as a member of the PTA for right. you to be involved in your child's life. Right. So those are a few barriers on the school side. I think um, we're really trying to make some adjustments with that, uh, not necessarily having that traditional mindset about what parental involvement is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and parental involvement is not necessarily you coming to us. But it should be us coming to you. Okay. And we really need parents to be a part of what we're trying to do for the child. So what kind of things are is Duncanville ISD doing that's different? Because I, I have one of the I have seen that the school districts are doing more reaching out. So last week we got home and there was a note from the school saying to DJ, this was the intermediate school, mm-hmm. we can't wait to see you when you come back to school. And they actually also did that with uh my daughter, when she was in pre-K, her actual teacher came to the house. So what are some of the things that you guys are doing that's working? Some of those so very same things mm-hmm. that you, you've spoken about, of course, we're wanting to be more proactive instead of reactive in mm-hmm. reaching out to our parents. So what most of the time what we've asked our um, 
teachers to do and our principals will ask them to do is to reach out to every child's parent or a significant adult that's in their life that's perhaps raising maybe a grandmother maybe an aunt maybe the dad and dad alone but to hear from us on the onset the note some of course depending on the children maybe even as you said making a home visit uh there have been instances uh in school districts where you know the principal has loaded up all the teachers on the bus to go through the neighborhoods to really let them see where their kids are coming from the situations the the places in which they live oh, wow many times uh because we grow up in a pretty um uh, in an environment, I'll just say it like this, where we don't always see where our students come from. But right. when you really see that, that really uh, rings home to you of some of the challenges that students come to school with, some of the challenges their parents have, it lets you be a lot more understanding and empathetic to where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Other things, I'm sure, like most school districts, of course, Duncanville has employed, we have a uh, community uh, parental liaison that hired particularly for the district to reach out to parents uh, for parental involvement. M most of our elementary campuses have one person designated on their campus hired specifically to be a parental and community liaison, which uh, they engage parents in all the activities that are on the campuses, reaching out, doing reach out. Um, Many times we have uh, difficulty getting a hold of a parent, so those folks are there to assist us in doing some outreach, maybe going even making home visits. The traditional things that go on this time of the year, of course, or you're getting the school messages from, you know, on your cell phone, you're getting the emails, all of those kinds of things where we're saying we can't wait to see you. School starts on a certain day. Um, the other things I think that, we're really seeing a, a bigger trend is really having a lot of parent nights and parent engagement nights where there's not just meet the teacher. We meet the teacher the first day of school or right before the first day of school. We never have an uh, opportunity for them to come back to really see what their child is learning mm. uh, because many times parents are like, well, wow, I didn't know kids are learning things differently and oh, at yeah. a higher rigor uh, than they did uh, many years ago. So all the math nights, the literacy nights, uh, putting them in the evening so parents do have available time if possible. And then we do have some parental um, uh, involvement days built in. We have a couple of days where we have just open days on our calendar where parents can come, have parent conferences with the teacher, and they can get in there and, and review their plan, review their report card, et cetera. And we've, we've kind of set those at times when we have grading periods, so if parents have questions, right. et cetera. So there are a lot of other um, other things, but those are just a, a few of them. So those different curriculum nights, are they well attended? Because I'm going to be honest, we don't really go to those. <laughs> I know that's bad, but what what are good reasons to go? If I'm if I'm one of those moms or dads, good reasons to go is one you have a your child sees you there. Mm -hmm. To me, that is probably the biggest reason. That child says I'm important. My parent took out time to bring me with them because most of the time we ask you to bring the child. We don't tell you to leave the child at home. We want right. the child to be there, whether they're showing off a project that they've done in science or whether they're showing a book they've written in their English language arts class. That shows that child this is important. Education is important. You're valuing it besides 
Yes, I'm sending you to school. I'm coming to school with you. That is number one. Number two, it lets you become hooked into uh, what's what's going on. Uh, Many times uh, when kids come home with the homework and parents are like, wow, you want to help them, but you don't really understand. You can really hear from the teachers at that time what we're trying to do, how it is related to real world experiences and expectations because oh, you know good. anytime you you have a kid and they'll say well we're learning about the solar system or we're learning about the ecosystem or we're learning about uh, animals we're learning about whatever it would be uh, Shakespeare uh, in in high school perhaps what does how does that connect back to what we do I used and to say that all the time and that is so critical because then the parent because they hear it, they see it. What are we really trying to do with this science project that we've asked your child to build? You Then you can take that back and you can have a discussion about it. You can extend the learning because that, it doesn't have to be book learning. It'd be right. something that's an experience in you're taking them to Six Flags and you've been talking about motion and energy and all of those kind. How does that play in? It really helps to really, I guess what for me, I say seal the deal of knowing that it's important in their real life. And and then, of course, just keep the lines of communication open. I heard your uh, person that you interviewed about um, how key that is communication is important they know you you know them and then they'll know that i can call you right if i ever have an issue so sometimes we never have an issue sometimes we have many issues but then i know uh i'll use my son's name because his name is eric so if eric is having an issue then uh i they know they can call miss fields Mm -hmm. and miss fields i know who she is she knows me, and so then the relationship starts to really become stronger, and it really supports the child's learning. From a perspective of a teacher and an administrator, how do you feel when you, um, when you, when parents are involved and they're starting to get to know you? Because I feel like as a teacher, it, I know, okay, if I call Susie's mom, something's going to happen, or Susie's mom is invested and cares. So talk to, talk to that a little bit. And I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, because we know that uh, when parents are involved, we know that if I text you and we're having a problem, I'm using Eric again, (laughs) uh, that you're going to respond. You're going to uh, answer my call. You're going to say, how can I help? Um, And so that, of course, makes me feel like we're in this together because we want what's best for the child. I have to say this, I'm going to insert this since we're starting school. Teaching is hard work. Yeah. It is very difficult when you take 22, 25, or if you're a high school teacher, 125 minds, then we're trying to really um, teach. And teaching is not teaching unless there's learning. I must say that as well. And so when Hmm. we do that, we need all hands on deck, just as you said, we need the village, we need the parents, we need the staff collectively believing in that child. And then having um, us working in concert so that we can develop the, the, the whole child. I can't uh, minimize that enough. So if I'm teaching and I know I have you to support me mm-hmm. and then in turn you're having an issue because sometimes family issues are brought to the school. 
Mm. Oh, they and probably all so, the time. yes, they're brought to the school and we're there to try to see what we can do to help. It's not the reading and writing and the arithmetic at that point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes something has happened in a family, the family dynamic changes. And so teachers, those are the people. That's why I said teaching is hard. It's just not that. It is really ministering to the entire child. So Absolutely. if we have a relationship, you could call me and say, mm-hmm. this feels you know, Eric is really, you know, we're having a family issue. Not necessarily that I know what it is, right. but watch him. Mm-hmm. Make sure he's okay. If he needs to call me, let him. So we know that, and then we're in that together to support the child. Absolutely. I feel so much more comfortable when I have built a little bit of a rapport with my teacher because I kind of, and I don't, I don't know if it's true, but I feel like they kind of watch out for <laughs> and, and they do. Uh-huh. That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Now think about the child who doesn't have that parent right and so that's where we come and try to have uh, mentoring programs and the all pro dads that's a, a program the duncanville has where perhaps maybe mom's absent we have many children who have uh, parents who are incarcerated and we have a program hmm. really to try to sub- kind of a support group for many of those students but think about they don't have that and so what do we do? We can't say, well, you don't have anyone, so too bad for you. No, what we're doing is trying to really uh, support that in another area. Having one significant person, it may be the coach on campus, it could be another teacher they have a relationship with. So we try to really tailor make it for the child. This is really a one-on-one individual thing in order for the child to be successful. Hmm. What are some of the things that teachers and administrators wish we parents understood? That's a a challenging question because many times, um, as I've said earlier, that parents think, well, you all are the experts, right? right? And we, we have been trained. We have the pedagogy. We know how to teach what it should look like, what it should feel like, what it should sound like. I think probably if if I could speak for administrators and teachers everywhere and what parents understand is, one, we took the assignment because what we believe about children and what we believe about teaching and learning. And many times parents will say, you don't care about my kid. Y'all just want the money that <laughs> the state gives you for my child coming mm-hmm. to school. Uh, you know, it's all about a paycheck and, and that kind of thing. And of course, yes, we work with that's our livelihood. But I have to say that for us, this is a calling and a ministry that everyone cannot do. Hmm. It is very difficult. Amen to that. It is very hard. You have to be willing to sacrifice, and sometimes teachers and administrators sacrifice a lot of time away from their own families right. because they believe in what we're doing. I've done this for 40, <laughs> this start, start of this school year. It's my 41st year. I get up every day knowing that a child's life is at stake. Hmm. Their futures are in our hands. And so if I could just make sure everybody had some magic dust to know that, that we're here because we believe in children and education education is the key teaching is the base profession for every profession and so every parent needs to know we're not here for the paycheck because believe me 
it's not that it's great. Not, exactly. <laughs> I don't care where you work. If you're working in the, whatever kind of school district you're working in, you they can never really pay you for all, all that, that you're doing. Yes. It's like being a mom. You know, you've seen exactly. how much you owe your mom. <laughs> exactly. Right. We couldn't total it all up. Right. And the people that do it and do it well, mm-hmm. I mean, they are in it. They're committed. Come early, stay late, come on the weekends, sometimes free. They buy school supplies, yeah. clothes. They care. And so that's one of the things that I, I I wish every parent understood that we're here for the child and that what's best for the best for the children. Uh, you mentioned they buy school supplies. I don't know what the number is and maybe you do how much an um, average teachers spend on their classrooms. Do you have any idea what that is? Well, the number kind of fluctuates. When I was teaching, it probably wasn't <laughs> as high as it is now because school supplies are pretty pricey. Yeah. On average, most teachers are going to at least spend the start of the school. I would guess they spend between fifty and a hundred dollars just buying extra pencils mm-hmm. and folders and notebook paper because we can get it at a reduced price this time of the year. But throughout the year, there are things that teachers will will buy that. Uh, you know, help to supplement. Right. Uh, and, and we just, we have so many generous people who support our uh, communities and our community schools where they'll, they'll donate, you know, school supplies. Of course, many churches do it, many other faith-based organizations, sororities, fraternities, you know, they have the back to school bash. My daughter's a, a nurse and a group that she's a part of. That's what they're doing, gathering things, stuff the bus, all those things that go on. But teachers are constantly going in their pockets um, thinking about what else do we need for the class, whether it's some specialized type of paper, construction paper, glue. I know when I was a, uh, a classroom teacher, was I was buying scissors hand over fist because, you know, something's always happening to the those little scissors, right? right? So I would just buy several pair and I'd have them in, you know, ready for the students. Out of your own exactly. pocket. Right. And exactly. teachers are not making very much money, unfortunately, in this country. And so I wanted to mention that something that I saw on social media today, hashtag clear the list. So teachers have lists, wish lists on Amazon. And so be on the lookout for teachers in your school and in your district that have Amazon wish lists. And um, it is our goal to try to clear their lists and get as many items on there. So if you're at the Dollar Tree or Walmart or wherever and you're buying your school supplies for the next couple of weeks, then go ahead and grab an extra pair, uh, a package of pencils or pens or, you know, notebook paper. Those are some things that are going to be on pretty much every list. And it's only an extra dollar if you're at the Dollar Tree. So correct could not hurt (laughs) so um how should my involvement change as my kids get older I'll just say it I mentioned at the beginning it was so much easier when they were elementary school students I still have two elementary school students but now we have an intermediate student and he's switching classes and has multiple teachers and things like that and it's become more difficult especially since he's a little ADD (laughs) and not very organized Um, but I know that the involvement probably should change a little bit as they get older and then kind of what how does that dynamic change it does change of course you know everybody remembers their first day of school that's one of those things that's probably etched in your memory and how excited you were how excited your parents were whether it was in pre-kinder or kinder or 
first grade, uh, whatever your first day of, of real real school, as they would say, was. And so it does change. I know in elementary schools, as you've alluded to, uh, typically students just have one teacher. They're self-contained. And, wonderful. And you, you know that teacher. They know you. They have the students, of course, as they get a little older, perhaps maybe in about fourth, fifth, or sixth grade, they start to have multiple teachers. They're going to health and physical education. They may be going to art. They may be going to some other type of, of, of uh, special science class, et cetera. They may be getting it pulled out for another special support program. So you have multiple teachers. I think really the the it does change some and the, where the change happens is with the student mm-hmm. <laughs> more so than it happens with the teacher. All those teachers would love to hear from parents. Mm-hmm. They'd love to have a, engage you in a, a, a conversation. What we try to do when we get that, especially when we get to like middle school, when they have like s- seven sections, they change classes seven or eight times. Yes. Um, that you can always ask for, many schools have teaming where they have teams of teachers where they have a common planning period where they could have a time where they have a common conference period where perhaps you can meet with all of the teachers at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, if parents really want to be um, knowing what's going on, I, I encourage parents to ask for that where, you know, three or four, the two or three, or as you get in uh, middle school and high school, uh, again, a lot more challenging because then they're in athletics, they're in band, they're in choir. And so I think for all of us, we want to hear from parents, engage with them, whether it's in a one-on-one, whether we have a group of teachers, a team together to talk with uh, you about your child and the academic progress and any issues that they may be facing or some accolades they want to share with you. So it does change. I think because you're moving up, it probably takes a little more time to organize it, but it can happen. That doesn't mean for, and I know many times parents walk in one day and they say, I need to see all of Eric's teachers. And of course, that means that person perhaps may not be prepared. Mm -hmm. So we like to have a little advance notice so we can make it work. We're Mm -hmm. not trying to hide anything. We want to make sure everybody is available that you need to talk to. You may not need to talk to the coach because everything's going great in (laughs) soccer, but you you might need to talk with the math, the science, and the English, and maybe uh, another teacher. And so giving the the school, uh, whether it's contacting the assistant principal, the principal, or whoever, however works at your particular school uh, to set up a time to meet and they will do that uh you know that's that's what we're here for because then they say wow we've got the parent here we've got the three teachers or the six teachers or however many teachers you need to see together so we can talk about well and you'll hear this one teacher say perfect in my class right. don't have any problems the other person may say the english teacher i'll use i'm gonna pick on the english teachers today <laughs> says well i can't get him to sit down or her to sit down right and so with that you get a chance to say then okay well what's happening in this class that's not happening there and so then you can kind of have some dialogue about oh i he likes to do this or she likes to do this and so where they sit, the proximity, all those things, you can say, oh, okay, he's distracted by the door, or she doesn't need to sit in the back because she really needs to sit in the front. So it gives you a chance to then kind of see from class to class, from teacher to teacher, from subject to subject, if something is difficult for a child and you hear, what else can we do? And so 
not only meeting with you, but then it also gives those teachers an opportunity to dialogue and have a a plan put together to support the child. That's awesome because what we dealt with was not turning in classwork, which to me, I did not compute because when I was growing up, if we did something in class, then I turned it in. It just... (laughs) That just seemed like that made sense. But that was what we were dealing with with him. But that's what we should have done is had a little meeting with all of his teachers and say, okay, what are we missing? (laughs) And it could be um, uh, something as simple as, you know, some teachers use, um, and I can't think of the, the term right now, it's almost like a ticket uh, kind of thing where your ticket to get out is the class and when the class is getting ready to dismiss, whether it is a reflective thing that they want a kid to answer a question or it may be the ticket to get out is where's Eric's paper (laughs) and here's Eric's paper, the ticket to get out. And then helping to get organized. That's a whole nother piece. A whole nother episode. uh, Yes. Of what (laughs) teachers have to do. Because, again, we're teaching the entire child. Mm -hmm. It's just like if we would uh, just get a cross section of, you know, of the folks that are in this building uh they they're people that are more organized than others Mm -hmm. and so some people just need some support so again that's another thing to talk about with the teacher of how you can support the child in in learning how to become better organized i remember they don't have these kind of desks too much anymore now but when i was growing up they had the desk and everything got stuffed inside the the desk and the you know the child was um you know like where's the paper well we can't find it somewhere in so you know just the folders the the systems and those kinds of things are things that that parents can really uh glean a little bit more about how you can help and what the teacher can do to help in order to um, better serve the child. Right. And something you said made me think of this, that when you have a meeting with all of the teachers, then you can kind of also get the verbiage and and the vocabulary that they use. Like you said, the ticket, I'd I'd not heard of the ticket to get out of the classroom or whatever. So when you're talking to your child and trying to kind of troubleshoot and see what the issues are or hold them accountable, Mm -hmm. then you can talk to them in their own language, right? Correct. Or what we've asked people to do is to talk in your language. Many times parents feel intimidated because no business has acronyms and other mm. specific language and vocabulary greater than education. We have a lot. The only <laughs> other would probably be the legal system, okay? Uh-huh. They have a lot of that as well. And so we really caution uh, our staff members when you're visiting with the parents, not like us having a professional meeting and we're all tuned in. It's like me going to sit in on um, – you know, the Texas Rangers coaching staff meeting. <laughs> I don't have all the lingo and the language and all of that. And so it's foreign. Uh-huh. So when parents come, we ask our staff members, you know, don't use the, you know, the ABCs and the this and the that and the mm-hmm. acronyms to really talk about. It. So when I talked about the ticket, it just sounds like something really uh, mysterious, but it really isn't. Right. That's just one of those ways a lot of teachers use for reflection. And when I say reflection, it is what we learned today. You know, what is the one thing you learned today? What is the one thing you want to learn more about? And so they're really engaging and prompting for tomorrow. What are we going to learn tomorrow? What did, you know, we did this experiment today or we wrote this poem. What is, what is it that you want a response to? Uh, you've been reading Robin Hood. What is it that was the one thing that caused Robin Hood to be successful? If you were Robin Hood, what would you do differently? So those little 
hooks, I could, I guess I would say. So the ticket would mm-hmm. be maybe on a sticky note and you just give it out, give it back to the teacher. This is what I would do different if I were Robin Hood, you know, I, I would, uh, what I would do differently. And so the ticket to get out again back to a child who's perhaps having a difficult maybe is making sure your neighbor has the paper. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. and not just necessarily the teacher, mm-hmm. just making you know you, you know kids that are very someone's very organized and they have a buddy who's not. <laughs> so that buddy who's very right. organized, you can just make it so inconspicuous. Yeah, that's the ticket. And the teacher doesn't have to say, "Does Eric have his paper turned in?" Right. No, the buddy buddy student then can can just take it and say, "He's got his ticket," and then that's it. Oh, so it could be yes, so simple. We need a buddy. Yes, that's it. And that <laughs> yes. many many teachers use use buddies, particularly for students who sometimes have challenges, of course, with attention problems and that mm-hmm. kind of thing to try to to assist them. Mm. We all need a little help every now and then. Right? Hey, to the men. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's take a quick break to say that if you have any questions or comments from for our guests, give us a call at 214-431-5062. We've got a lot of people listening on Facebook Live. Shout out to y'all. Thanks for listening or watching. I guess you're watching us, huh? Yes. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So how do we do we first first do we need to prepare for a parent teacher conference as parents and if we do how should we i say yes to preparing for a parent teacher conference um if if it's one that you have um scheduled and you've called and said you know i want to meet with the the uh, whoever the assistant principal or whoever's going to be leading the conference just one-on-one with the teacher um have the questions and the concerns written down and and I say that because you want to be able to get all of your questions and concerns, mm-hmm. um, you know, addressed. Same works with the staff member. If the, the teacher is having the conference and because you may have written and said, you know, I'm really concerned about the fact the grades or missing assignments and, you know, and then ask the question, what can we do as a parent to help? And so on the uh, conversely, on the other side with the teacher, uh, the teacher should be prepared. Uh, if, the, if you want to talk about grades, they should have that information there. Uh, if you want to talk about missing assignments, they should have that information there. That way your time is, you know, used wisely. You're right. not wasting time. Uh, if there are some other issues, sometimes there are social issues where students, you mentioned about bullying earlier or students having a problem with another student or there are some issues on the playground and those kinds of things. Well, uh, I still think you need to have that uh, written down. Now, everybody's not a person. They, they may have it in their mind. They may have it in their phone. I don't care. Just so that you'll have those cues t- to really address what you need to get addressed that day. Teachers have... Um, full schedules during the day and that way you want to make sure that you maximize your time with them but also they have other uh, duties as you well know throughout the day to get back to their students and all that so we want to maximize the time and so that you can get your questions answered you may not be able to solve it that day Mm -hmm. but you can start the plan of what you need to do for that day yeah and those those uh conferences that they call are very short (laughs) so you do need to maximize the time right there's been a meme that's been going around for years with um, the difference between the parents coming up to the school because there's some issue with your child. So back in the day, the parents are mad at the the 
teacher or the p- parents are mad at the kid when there's mm-hmm. an issue and then they do a little split screen there and then to present day the parents are mad at the kid for what's ever is going I mean the the teacher for what's ever going on I hope I explained that well but there's been kind of a shift mm-hmm. in um, the way we deal with our children I think sometimes so what kind of things do we need to keep in mind when receiving maybe negative feedback from our child or for about our child from a teacher or an, or an administrator? Well, first of all, if you've started off having that open dialogue and relationship, you've met the teacher, mm-hmm. that, that right there, just because what I feel some parents have an issue with or take issue with is they don't hear from us until oh, okay. there's an issue. Yeah. And there's not going to be an issue every day. Um, And, you know, you may be saying, well, some parents probably say, yeah, there's an issue every day. Uh, (laughs) But it is incumbent upon us to make sure that we open that door so parents know that they can come if there are issues. We caution our staff members, make Mm. sure that you're reaching out to parents because sometimes there are some some challenging students that we we have in our classrooms yeah. and so but there's always something good that that child brings no matter what i know sometimes people say i had to look really <laughs> deep to find it but there is something mm-hmm. and many times what we see on the outside is really not who that child is absolutely they're coming to the classroom with so many exactly. issues exactly that have nothing to do with what's going on exactly. in the classroom. exactly and mm-hmm. and the acting out or whatever else is going on the talking back or in those kinds of things really are just a response to something else that's going on with the child mm-hmm. because we know that they're coming to us bringing many things from yes. their family dynamics, et cetera, all the things we talked about. Inside of them, ex- in their heads. Exactly. All of those, all things. Of those things. And so uh, we don't have enough time to talk about that today. No, but a lot of other shows. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But having that open door already is going to be helpful. Parents then will tell us, well, they call me about everything else. And, mm. you know, then they have a sense of, well, I know, this, I mean, this is a child. They love them. Yeah. And so, of course, for us to constantly say, well, he's doing this wrong or she's not uh, cooperating or et cetera. So what I would hope when things start to, uh, you know, the first part of the school year, the first month, kind of honeymoon period, everything's <laughs> kind of going well. And then we need to have a checkup at that time where the teacher, you know, starts to see then about a month in six weeks you start to see where there may be some challenges don't wait until january to say you know i've had him you know in whatever they're using discipline or whatever in timeout he you know loss of privileges or whatever they're using don't wait until then and then when the parent comes they're really upset and many times they should be because they haven't heard from us Mm -hmm. since i sent that letter that said i'm so glad eric's gonna be in my class (laughs) I have, they haven't heard from You've us. You've changed your mind that, yeah, ex- about Eric. Exactly. <laughs> and so I, I can see that. What I think is, it, and there's so much uh, involved in this because, again, I said teaching is hard. Life for many people is very challenging. And so they love their children and they want what's best for them. And so when it appears, because they take it, they personalize it. You're right. saying I'm a bad parent because my child is misbehaving. 
and or my child's not getting assignments done or my child's push somebody down or whatever it would be. And so that in turn, because we uh, live in, in a society now where many times people are offended and they take things very personally. And, and, and so they'll say to themselves, what are you saying? I'm a bad mother. What are you saying about me? Exactly. What are you saying about me? Yes, I really do think that that is wow. what we see on many, many occasions. And so if I've not had a relationship with me, hmm. I haven't said, hey, hmm. we're having some child. I need you because he, you're his mom. You're his dad. You're his grandma. You're his Mimi, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. That then if we've already been having the back and forth, back and forth, but if we wait, and, and I know I've been a principal where parents will come and say, I want to see Miss such and such, and I want to see her right now. <laughs> I don't care what she's uh, doing. Exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, and then, of course, things, um, you know, we get into high school, you know, we talk about this. Now everybody has a phone. Everybody has their recording. You're always on mic. You know, all of those kinds of things. And yeah. so uh, we're asking people to be cognizant of that. But we, I really believe, and like I said, I said in my first show when I was here, I'm not an expert on anything. This is just from experience yeah. of, of knowing that that's the main thing, I think, that people come when they're upset like that and they're mad at the teacher. It's really saying, you say I'm not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You're saying I'm not, I don't care for my kid. Or you're saying that I don't uh, want him to be successful or I want her to have a great life. And so they, in the turn, and then back to, again, what kind of experience did you have? Somebody told you. What baggage are you bringing exactly. to this conversation? Exactly. Yeah. If you've had a great experience in school, like me, I've been in school since I was five. <laughs> <laughs> and so, love it. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't feel that way. So yeah. they already have an apprehension about it. And mm. then now you tell me, I'm a bad, I'm parent, a bad parent because my child can't learn this or my child's struggling with this. Or my child won't sit down. Exactly. Yeah. And what does that say? about? And I really do. I think that's that's it. And so that's why we have to have the open dialogue constantly and not wait until we've had it up to here. And then we're ready to on say both sides of the, both the sides. aisle. Exactly. <laughs> the parent and the teacher yeah, have had it up to here. Right. Yeah. Right. Instead of co- wow. joining together to really say, what can we do? We know because they'll tell you, oh, he doesn't act like that at home. She doesn't <laughs> talk back to me at home. Different environment. It's just like what we talk about. There's, there's a you know way we conduct ourselves in at a business meeting versus if we're at the ballpark. Right. Those are two different right. <laughs> ways. If you saw me at the ballpark, you'd be saying, "Is that Miss Fields?" Right. Yes, right. yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. So same thing. You know, the things that they allow to do at home, perhaps we don't do at school. And of course, then again, what are you saying? That's not good enough. Right. So we really have to talk about how it's different. What we're preparing them for. So, and I think that what you said at the beginning we need to have a little faith in that teachers and administrators are not doing this for the money no because y'all are not getting rich off of the state of texas or whatever state you're in by doing this job you're doing it because this is a calling and a passion that you have now that's not across the board for everybody we're going to be honest but very honest about that yes but we need to have a little faith that that's what they're doing. And they kind of do have a vested interest in the, um, the success of your child. Correct. Because teachers are held account- accountable for 
their classroom doing well. So it's not it's not just that that Timmy they don't like Timmy. (laughs) Right. It could be that they don't like Timmy. And that's really another issue. That's another issue. But the what we need to get in our heads before we get to these conferences is that we are all here for the same thing. We want Timmy to do well. Exactly. For one reason or another. We want Mm -hmm. Timmy to do well in my class. Right. All right. Well, I mean, that was that was a a big aha is we and and then and we need to check our issues with school and check our issues with ourselves at the door. We should not make this a personal thing. The point is we want Timothy to do well. Right. We do. We want them to be successful. And you do, too. Mm -hmm. The path to get there is going to take all of us. Excuse me. All of us to 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 be able to do it. And we need you to help us. As we move them along, because we, a lot of times, teachers see things in kids their parents never see. Mm-hmm. We see yeah. the giftedness. We Aww. see the, the talents that they have. We see the writer. We see the musician. We see the person who perhaps will be the one who will really find the cure to cancer. We see that bright wow. mind. And so uh, I have to be honest with with you, as you said earlier, is that everyone we're painting a broad brush here right. with with that. But I can tell you that the majority of the people who get up every morning, get in their cars and go to the school, wherever it is in this great nation, that they are here because they believe in children and what an education means to them. Yeah. And the truth of the matter, though, is that teachers are human and what you said was so important, and this is really why we're doing this whole episode, is because we need to, from jump, from next week or whenever you guys start school or whenever our kids start school, we need to begin to foster this relationship so that right. it's not like you said in January where everybody is just about to, pull, you know, to, you know, go to blows right. <laughs> um, and it's really become an issue. Start to build those relationships with your right. teachers now, just in, in little ways. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk, we've talked a lot about teachers and administrators. Are there other people in the building that I want to get to know that that, that might be helpful? Helpful, Of course, uh, in, in every school, uh, there are the people, there are some other key people that are a part of the team that really um, support teaching and learning. And obviously we've talked that about the administrators, the principals and assistant principals, the school counselor is a part of that, mm-hmm. uh, the school nurse is a part of that uh, many uh, campuses the school secretary is a key person talk about that please uh, uh, <laughs> really uh, having a relationship with with that person because they're really the, f- the first line the person at the front whether it's the clerk some schools are big enough they may have a clerk at the front and then a school secretary those folks really uh, help us with communication particularly with parents many times parents come in uh, to the building and they need to see someone leave a message for someone and this and they get a chance to really know every child. They know them by name. They mm-hmm. see them uh, coming in and out of the offices every day. So they support what we do uh, in a different way. But yet I think many times parents have a uh, really good relationship. They may talk to the secretary or the campus clerk when they talk to anyone because they're calling the school reporting. Maybe the child's going to be late or they're out ill today, leave a message for the teacher. And so they kind of have a, a I would call that kind of on the fringe of really knowing and being a part of the support 
the school counselor is really key, uh, key to what happens with with our students they're there of course not only for uh, support in the academic uh, realm but also for the social emotional realm mm -hmm. um, you know we're in a time now where school counselors school guidance counselors don't get an opportunity to do as much of that as they uh, probably should but I do believe that uh, what I'm seeing uh, with a lot of legislations particularly the the, the uh, last legislation legislative session excuse me uh, really looking at uh, social emotional learning and working with more focused on uh, mental health that schools are going to be uh, called upon to really uh, strengthen those programs. We've always had that, uh, but we're really trying to get kids more in touch with how they're feeling, how you can appropriately react to when something doesn't go the way you want it to go, right. when you're disappointed. And so back to the parent, um, there are, again, family dynamics. You just think about what happened, in the, what could have happened these last two and a half, three months since school let out in May. Oh, gosh. A lot of things have happened with families. Yeah. Uh, they may have lost a grandparent they were very close to, or they may, again, unfortunately, many times, uh, their, you know, the family dynamic, divorce, a loss of a parent, parent loss of, uh, based on incarceration, you've moved, you're in a new location, new neighborhood, you know, they're not finding their place with the students, uh, the kids in the neighborhood. They're just all kinds of things that could be going on. Right. Maybe a parent has an illness. Maybe the child has a, a significant right. illness that has uh, been uh, diagnosed over the summer. So a lot of things like that, the school counselor and the school guidance counselor really can help parents. What, again, back to having that relationship in the open dialogue, being willing to go in and talk to the school counselor and say, hey, mm -hmm. we're having an issue with this and we need support. They may need to talk with you, the yeah. child being I'm talking about now. Um, can you talk with them? Can, can you take stay in touch with them? Because, you know, they lost their grandma. They lost their, you know, their pet died. It could be anything mm -hmm. that we're thinking, oh, it's insignificant, but it can really impact uh, a child. And so those folks are, are really, I think, now their roles are starting to really uh, line up better. Mm -hmm. with what we, we hope to not just to be the person that helps with all the testing because that's going to go on but I think we're seeing a lot more of that and a lot more training in it. Mm -hmm. And I'll second your emotion about the school counselor. We had some issues and we reached out to the school counselor in one of our kids schools and she was phenomenal mm -hmm. and she kept an eye out for him and she gave him she let him know if you have any issues come to me and right. we'll talk through this and work through what some of your feelings are. And so she was um, a very important part of the school yes. year for him. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Oh, no. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know it flies by, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we were just having fun. That's why. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming back. Thank I'm sure you. this will not be the last time that we see you in our studio. I at least hope not. I hope not. And thank you very much for having me. Wish everyone out there a fantastic school year. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, we do want to talk about what's going on with Noggin Educational Foundation. This is the last week for the hashtag Bought a Backpack Challenge. So we are adopting the children at a large extended stay motel next to our office. And our goal is to bring them 200 backpacks this Saturday to start their year off right. So we challenge you to take the hashtag Bought a Backpack Social Media Challenge. And it's easy. We're going to make it even easier since we have so little time left um, in the week. And um, say that you can donate by ordering from our Amazon wish list. So to donate your backpack or backpacks, which we hope you will do, go to schooldazedshow.com and click on the link hashtag bought a backpack. Also, we want you to save the date for 9-19-19. North Texas Giving Day is an 18-hour online giving event designed to empower every person to give back to their community by supporting North Texas nonprofits and causes that they care about. So each year we receive support from cities all over the U.S. We at Noggin and because of North Texas Giving Day or because of our School Days listeners, we're really hoping that we'll receive support from all over the globe because we have listeners all over the world so noggin foundation uses the money collected from north texas giving day to fund our free tutoring program this year we'll be able to give this year we have already been able to give 13 students a free tutoring because of north texas giving day and we already right now have six students on the waiting list and we want to make room for about 15 more so this year we need about 334 people to give 30 dollars we want to keep you guys posted about the progress, and so we will definitely do that. And you can schedule your giving starting on September 9th, and North Texas Giving Day is on September 19th, and that happens to be my birthday. So I will mention this more as we get closer, and we'll have details, of course, on our website. Just wanted to put a bug in your ear about that. So next week, we'll sit down with mother-daughter duo. Karen Thomas is a professor at SMU and her daughter Brooke Watson is going to be a sophomore at Spelman College. They'll get, they're planning on talking to us about what to expect your freshman year in college. So make sure you share with your parent friends about what's going on next week on our show. As always, head to our website, schooldaysshow.com for more information. And remember, you don't ever have to miss a show. Find out, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and pretty much anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Noggin Foundation. That's N-O-G-G-I-N. And do you, YouTube? You can find episodes of School Days and other videos featuring the fun educational programs we offer on your YouTube, on our YouTube channel. That's a Noggin Educational Foundation that you're going to search for. And last but not least, we always want to end the show by saying that David and I are parenting by grace. We depend on God to give us the wisdom and strength we need to raise our kids into flourishing adults. And if you would like to know more about that, feel free to email me at info at schooldazedshow.com. Have a great week. School Dazed is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. At Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Days is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org.